Carolina Cobras. If I take that field, if I take that field, if my game starts to slide, I have no fear. I have no fear. If my brother got my brother, my brother. Catch them all season long. That's all we got. That's all we got. On your home for triad sports. Oh, are we right here? Are we right here? TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Kim Source Direct is a single source supplier. In business since 2007, they have over 80,000 products for customers just like you. Located in the heart of North Carolina, they supply cleaning products all throughout the Southeast. Whether you're a commercial business, office, or municipal building, looking for wholesale cleaning products, chemicals, cleaning equipment, or service, they've got you covered. Please reach out and start saving money today. Stop by their store open to the public and save. Kim Source Direct, 1207 South Park Drive in Kernersville. Give them a call at 336-515-9990. Order from the website at kimsourcedirect.com. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair, now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair, all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com. You are locked into Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Your home for triad sports. And you know this, man. Like to have everybody's attention for a moment. There's a stat. I don't like bringing up stats, but there's one stat about the Panthers. And he's in the world is James Harden better scorer than Michael Jordan. No, he's a more creative in that. He's, Traveling he, is not creative, he Brandon. Does, he does. You know, no matter what the score is, and they've said it themselves, whether they're up 10, down 10, down 20, whatever, they know they can turn it on, whatever. Why did you have to bring up the Cowboys? Right? <laughs> I lived in Texas for two years and just could not stand to watch Cowboys for life. <laughs> Welcome to the Rundown. Here's Desmond Johnson. And happy Saturday, rainy Saturday in the triad here. TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com bringing you live for Rundown Saturday, May the 14th, 2022. All hands on deck, everybody in the house here for hour number one. And we got a lot to get to. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson. We're here every Saturday morning on Tobacco Road Sports Radio and WWBG 1470 AM. Two hours here through to noon, and uh, we got Larry Frank from Frankly Speaking Sports. You can catch that, uh, excuse me, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 11 a.m. on Tobacco Road. Of course, our regular first hour panel, Hot Rod Funderburk in the house, Brandon Blakeney in the house, Jalen Gilkey in the house, and uh, Rod, I've been waiting on this show for about four years. This is the one. This is the one. This is the one where we get to go all in on our favorite players in the NBA. James Harden, Kyrie, <laughs> come up with this here. So we're gonna we're gonna jump into this first. Of course, last night in the NBA, I see Brandon just like disgusted. He already knows where this is going. So, <laughs> but going before we get into the whole James Harden thing, I got some sound clips that I pulled here. Uh, last night, 
The Golden State Warriors defeated the Memphis Grizzlies 110 to uh, 96. Warriors advanced to the Western Conference Finals. I believe it's the sixth time in the past seven years that the Warriors will be in the Western Conference Finals. Um, not much to say there. Kind of figured that was going to, that Golden State would put them away without John Morant, who was ruled out for the rest of the playoffs. Over in the Eastern Conference, though, it's getting kind of interesting. Boston forces a game seven. 108 to 95 winners over defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. That series is tied three games apiece. Jason Tatum dropped a 46 burger in that game uh, to force a game seven. We'll talk a little bit about those matchups a little bit later on. But first, the first thing I want to do is talk about this whole James Harden situation. Um, let me, before we get into comments from the roundtable, let me just run the comments from general manager uh, Sean Marks from uh, the Brooklyn Nets, who basically pretty much kind of laid it out there that, you know, we, we don't have time for, for people that are on their own agendas for the most part, I guess is the best way to put it there. I'm going to run the clip and then we'll go around and get reactions to what you saw from James Harden uh, as the 76ers were eliminated by the one seed Miami heat uh, on Thursday night uh, in a situation where James Harden only attempted two shots uh, in the second half and just clearly doesn't look like himself. But before we get to Harden, Let's talk about uh, Kyrie Irving and this extension. Uh, here is Nets general manager Sean Marks talking about the uh, possibility of Kyrie getting an extension or anyone being with the Nets franchise. Yeah, again, those are the discussions that we'll have to have with with Kyrie uh, in person and and take it from there. But you know, again, those discussions haven't happened yet. You know, I don't want to comment on you know hypotheticals and and what may happen and what you know, but we'll we'll wait and see and, and hopefully sooner or later that we're having those discussions. Honestly, where we are, when you're giving somebody a minimum contract and it doesn't pan out, it, it still factors into how you're building a roster and how much tax you're paying and so forth. So certainly, when you're looking at players that are making thirty or forty million dollars or potentially making that, you have to factor in everything, and that's you know that's your, your that's, that's the hard part of the business, right? We can all see what they can do on the court. It's one thing when, you, when you're evaluating players, whether it's at the college level or at the pros, like what makes them tick? What goes into, you know, you know, what drives them? Do they want to be part of this? You know, are they motivated by something that maybe the, you know, there's not good for the whole team here. So those are questions we're going to have to ask ourselves and also ask the players that we want to bring back in here. There's a lot to unpack and uh, what he said there. Um, Brandon, I know Kyrie Irving, you've said Kyrie Irving's your favorite player. So I'm going to let you start off with this. If you are the Nets, do you give Kyrie an extension, a max extension, considering everything that's happened over the past two seasons that he's been in Brooklyn? I mean, in my opinion, I don't think they have a better option. I, I personally wouldn't give him a max, but he's going to get pretty close to it just because of the level of talent that he is in the league. Um, I think next year, you know, uh, now the COVID situation is kind of out of the way that he will be available for more games. I think they got bigger problems than Kyrie. He's definitely one of them. But um, also looking at it, man, like it's, it's kind of strange just – I, I thought Kyrie would always be one of those guys that would play 10, 12 years and be out of basketball. He's obviously got bigger aspirations, and he's not really uh, – I don't want to say all in on basketball, but it's not his life. It's not who he is. He's made it clear that it's what he does. And, you know, I think as soon, maybe in the next three, four years, we could see him walk away from the game happy. But 
uh, skill wise, talent wise, and probably the most uh, the best he best handled in the league. His poetry and motion, probably the most skilled scorer and skilled player that we've seen, at least in my generation. I think that's the frustrating thing about it because when they did have Kyrie this year, he clearly was probably one of the top five players in the league. Now I say that though. He, he wasn't playing every game, so he had more legs underneath him when he came back than any other player in the league, and he wasn't even playing like every other night. So there's And he started to trail off as he got deeper into the season, so I don't know if it was just that burst he finally got a chance to get on the court or, or what, but the Nets are in a situation where uh, Kyrie can opt in to his final year of his contract. I think it's like $37 million, something like that, and they can extend him. You run the risk of maybe irritating Kevin Durant, who for all intents and purposes – came to Brooklyn because Kyrie urged them to come there. So can you trade off Kyrie or do something with Kyrie and keep Kevin Durant and build around him? Is that the th- is that what Kevin Durant signed up for? So that's really the question. Jalen, what are your thoughts on this? Because I'm having a hard time figuring out how to give him money. Yeah. And um, honestly, this whole situation has just been very, I'm not going to say frustrating to me, but I, I can understand like, when I look at this whole Kyrie situation, I look at it through Kevin Durant's lenses, right? And even James Harden's lenses. It's like we all signed up and agreed to do – to come together as a unit to uh, possibly be a championship contender team, right? Due to injuries the first year, we're not really able to get everything rolling and the trade happened in the middle of the season. Then to start off this year, we, we got one guy that doesn't want to, you know, do what needs to be done so we can – do what we our goal is and achieve our goal. And so I think the, the biggest thing I look at through this, if I'm the Nets, I would, yes, would I love to bring Kyrie back because he is a once in a generation type player. I'd have to do a one year or two year deal. And I'm sure he's probably not going to agree to that, but I can't give him more than a one year, two, two year deal because over the last two, three seasons, he's shown that, you know, he'll choose to himself over playing basketball, which is, I mean, I can't say there's anything wrong with that because he is an individual, an individual, he is a person. But at the end of the day, he shows that his commitment isn't always to the team, isn't to basketball, isn't to his friends. It's about what especially So like I said, it's hard to let a talent like that walk. But yeah, I, I try to give him one year, 20 million or whatever it is, two years, 50 million or something like that, just because I can't let that talent walk out the door. And if I do, then what do we do with Kevin Durant? Does Kevin Durant want to leave? Now it's just a too many domino effects if I don't re-sign Kyrie Irving. So uh, Sean Marks and Nets, they're in a, they're in a tough spot. Glad it's, not, glad it's not my money. I have a huge problem with, with him choosing himself over this job because he's the one to put this together. Like, I have a major problem with him deciding, you know what, I don't have to be there when you convinced Kevin Durant to come, which by default convinced James Harden to come. You gave up so much as the Nets organization to put this together, and you've yet to see this team fully playing on the court. And Harden's gone now. Uh, you get back Ben Simmons, who never played. I mean, I, it's a weird situation where uh, the trade with uh, the the 76ers, I can't say who in, uh, definitively won that trade at this point with everything that's going on. Uh, Larry, would you give Kyrie an extension longer than a year or so? And if he doesn't take it, what do you do then? Well, first of all, I don't know if I'd even given him, give him an extension because you got to say what's best for the team. And here you have a guy that doesn't do what's best for the team. You cannot take away the great player that he is. I think we all know what he brings to the team as a player, but as a person and as a teammate, 
is he really what you want? I mean, at the end of the day, here's a guy, uh, Jalen just mentioned it, you mentioned it, Desmond, puts himself before the team. And it's not only the players on the team, but I really feel that management is really not happy with the way things turned out this year. And a major part of that was when Kyrie was not on the court, which was due to Kyrie selfishness and not thinking about a team. And when you're trying to build a team and you're trying to build a championship, you don't build it around a guy that is basically saying, I don't care about the rest of the guys. I just care about myself. But um, they don't give him more than a year. But if I'm the Nets, I think there's a lot of uh, animosity there. And don't be surprised if you don't see him coming back to the Nets. Rod, your thoughts is uh... – Kyrie's been one of our uh, topics of conversation the past, really since the rundown started four years ago. He's been he's just been there in the NBA conversation, regardless of uh, what's going on with his team. And of course, this Brooklyn Nets team underachieved a lot of it due to Kyrie just simply choosing not to be there. Uh, what do you think, looking at all this and seeing that uh, that just fell apart for them? Des, you heard what the GM said. He said, hey, man, we need players who are available. We need players who are selfless. We need players who are playing for each other. Yeah. All three of those is a problem with Kyrie Irving. First of all, with the availability, we understand that you did not want to take the shot. Therefore, that caused you not to be available, which is one of the most best abilities in any sport, whether it's football, basketball, anything. Then you have to be selfless. Larry, he just said, showed you how selfless uh, Kyrie is not as well as Jalen. They just both told you how he was. And then you have to play for each other, your teammates. And when we look at Kyrie's performance this year, of course, him not being available, it's hard to evaluate his performance, although we do feel him being probably the second best player on the Nets team. However, when you play for each other, what game did he have besides one game in the Boston series? After that, it was all downhill. So if you're winning, there's some things that the Brooklyn Nets can look over. But with Kyrie's performance and not allowing them to win, the Brooklyn Nets are not going to look over these things. So if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, guess what? I'm going to tell you, Kyrie Irving, take your opt-in deal. You need to opt-in on this fifth year. And when you opt-in on this year, this is the year you have to prove to us, Kevin Durant. Hell, I'll even have Kevin Durant in the meeting so Kevin Durant can understand and he can go talk to his boy after the meeting. Kyrie, you need to prove to us that you're going to be available. Kyrie, you need to prove to us that you're going to be selfless. Kyrie, you're going to prove to us that you're playing this game for every other person on the court with you and let's win some games. And if you opt in and you do this fifth-year deal and you're able to, we're able to have a successful year and we're winning, guess what? Then the, after, then the next summer, we will extend you. We'll talk about giving you a max deal. And that's just business, baby, period. Especially when Kyrie has shown you who he is. He just left a Boston team who did what? One last night against Giannis. If you cannot win with those guys in Boston, then maybe Kyrie Irving is the problem on these teams that he's been to. Whether you talk about Cleveland, whether you talk about Boston, and now you're talking about him being in Brooklyn with the Nets. And that's just the way I look at it. I'm going to play a little bit of hardball if I'm the GM, but I'll give you your fifth-year option. Opt in. After that, you prove to me what you can do. And, baby, then I'll extend you. And that's just pure business.
And when you, know you look at that was... Boston, though, that, that is not the same team. Jason Tatum was not that when Kyrie was there. Marcus was Smart like, was not like, defensive player of the year. That was like two years ago. No, I mean, but that, that, was that, that, that was not the same. If you if we're going to sit here and say Jason Tatum is the same player today, last night, than he was two years ago, I can't agree with that. Okay, Wait, is okay. Kyrie Irving the same player? I think so. He then just he should have been able. Then he should have been able to elevate that team. Or yeah. there's a problem with Kyrie Irving because that was a lot of talent around him, Brandon. It I'm was, sorry. but they wasn't ready to win yet. They wasn't ready to win. They've yet. had two years. They've had two <laughs> Kimball years. Kimball Walker didn't win with them either. <laughs> oh, not Boston. I'm talking about Brooklyn. Like Brooklyn. Well, Boston. Boston needed a coaching change, and that's, yeah, and that's what happened. And that's Brad really Jesus got canned. Yeah, yeah, it's literally they just had a change of philosophy, and really yeah. they had a good season. But but when I'm speaking of Boston, I'm still speaking of the players and supporting the players on your team. How many times did we have? Uh, the media come in and Kyrie saying crazy stuff about his teammates. You cannot do that and keep a cohesive locker room. I'm sorry. Right. Kyrie Irving is not a selfless player and he does not have the benefit of the team. And he proved that in Boston whenever he addressed the media and said things about his teammates. I mean, you can't he's do got that. a ring, though, and nobody else on Boston has one. But right, because of LeBron James. LeBron. Because if he did <laughs> not have LeBron him. James, he would not have a ring. LeBron he could have more rings ring if he would have followed LeBron Kyrie out to too. the Lakers. I think Kyrie if Kevin Durant had played with LeBron for four years, Kyrie he probably would have a ring, too. He was superb <laughs> in that finals. But oh, no, no, yeah, say, guys, you got to ask the question, what's more important, having a great player or having a great player that's a great teammate? Because without your team, you do not win in the NBA. You can take all the great players. Yes, Giannis, to me, is unbelievable. But he has a great team around him. And you ask those guys around him, they tell you he's a great teammate. They want to play with him. I don't know if these, you know, Nets players want to play with uh, Kyrie Irving because he of what uh, Hot Rod said, he's so selfish that – you know, why would you want a guy to be around you that doesn't care about anyone but himself? Plus, Brandon, you hit it earlier in this segment where you said, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie just up and retires out the blue in a couple of years, uh, like at the end of his prime, because uh, he's kind of in his prime. Right? How old is Kyrie? 33. 28. 30. 30. Oh, no, 30. he's at least 30. No, well, he's he 30. Came, I know that for sure. Because, I mean, he came into the league at like 18. So right. I mean, he had one year at Duke and came in at 18. And, hell, even at Duke, he only played 11 games. I mean, like, well, he this got hurt. Happened. This is, but yeah, this he's is a pattern with him. He, he's, he's, I don't he's think he's ever played prone. a full I don't think That's he's ever played a full true. season. Like, yeah, no matter where he's been. Prone. Yeah. So, I mean, he's. So yeah, really, it, for me, it's about dependability. Like he has not been dependable enough for whatever reason, whether it's him sitting out because he don't want to be vaccine, or him being injured, or or he, it, it, um, the George Floyd thing. He sat out because of that. He didn't feel right. He should play or whatever. And the bubble, he led kind of a, a mutiny about playing or whatever. It's always been about him getting out of playing games, and that's the thing that I'm looking back. I'm having to sit back and look at the big view of what he's done in his NBA career. The only reason why he's not on that NBA 75 list is because of his availability. Like, if you look at across his career, if he had played more games and not sat out for certain things or said certain things, by far Kyrie Irving would be in the NBA 75. I wouldn't have an issue putting him in there at all. But I do when the dude averages like 55, 60 games a season for his career and basically held a franchise hostage this year. Now, next year, if they do opt in his fifth year, he has no excuse because there's no COVID restrictions. There won't be right. no play, not playing at home. Durant should be healthy. He should be healthy. They'll have an offseason together. 
Uh, we'll see what happens with Ben Simmons. I, I still have no idea what how what that's going to happen or what that's going to be. Right. But Brooklyn won't have any excuses next year regarding him. And yeah, I with Rod on that. It's like a prove it year for him yeah, for and sure. And there's and there's I like Kyrie Irving. Don't get me wrong, but the way Great he's leg. been acting, and maybe if you maybe it's just the COVID years that have happened. But the last thing that I want to see happen to Kyrie Irving is he turns into the Antonio Brown of basketball. That is the mm-hmm. last thing that he I would hate to see going. happen. And he is you're right. He is gradually walking that line, and I would hate mm-hmm. to see that. I'm gonna we're gonna, what we're gonna do. Uh, I'm move, I'm switching two segments around. Uh, Jalen's having some internet difficulty, so we'll see if we'll be able to pop back in before the hour's over. I want to stay here on the NBA. I will speak to the double. Here he comes. Uh, I'm gonna stay on the NBA. We're gonna take a break and come back, and then we're gonna address the James Harden stuff because that can fill a whole segment by itself too. I've got some quotes from uh, Joel Embiid after that loss regarding. Uh, James Harden's situation is different. James Harden's situation isn't the same as Kyrie's. Harden's is more of a matter of it feels like we're watching a, a car break down slowly. But he's got a situation where he can get a max of $250 million if uh, the 76ers decide to opt in on this. My question would be, how? How can you do this? After watching what we just watched James Harden do uh, since he got to Philly, should the 76ers even entertain giving him an extension? He's got a fifth-year option himself. That'll pay him forty-seven million dollars next year. Uh, my man took two shots in an elimination game in the second half on Thursday night. So we'll get into the James Harden 76er situation too. Plus, we'll get into some NFL. Which quarterback in the NFL has the most to prove coming up here for this upcoming season? So uh keep it locked here. It's the rundown. You're listening to it on Tobacco Road Sports Radio.com and WWBG 1470 AM. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair, now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair, all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com. Blue Naples Pizzeria in Kernersville is now hiring. Come work for one of the best Italian restaurants in the triad. Currently hiring dishwashers, cooks, front cashiers, and more. Great hours, great pay. Give them a call at 336-993-7707 or stop by and inquire at 1519 Union Cross Road in Kernersville. Start working this week. Blue Naples Pizza. Area softball stars, register for the Diamond Star Softball Transfer Portal Showcase June 14th and 15th at Bob Lewis Park in Asheville, North Carolina. This showcase is for any player currently in the transfer portal or any JUCO player. Get the opportunity to showcase your skills in front of college coaches from all levels. Over the two-day event, players participate in evaluations such as softball skills and metrics by college sports evaluations, drill and team practice participation, and playing in three games. For more information, visit DiamondStarEvents.net or email Coach Ben McKinney at bmckinney at DiamondStarEvents.net. Hello, my name is Sabrina Kuhn godfrey I'm running at large for the Board of Education, making sure all students have quality, accessible, and equitable education is my priority. It would be an honor to serve our community as a member of the board. Vote Sabrina Coon Godfrey for BOE during early voting or on primary day, May 17th. 
Paid for by Sabrina Kuhn Godfrey for BOE. This is Coach Rez, head coach of your Carolina Cobras arena football team. You're listening to TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, your home for triad sports. And you know this, man. Back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. Welcome back into the rundown here on WWBG 1470 AM and Tobacco Road You can participate in the show, Facebook, watch YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, comment, give us a hot take. We'll respond to it right here live on the air. Uh, Desmond Johnson here with you, Larry Frank, Hot Rod Funderburk, Jalen Gilkey, Brandon Blakeney in the house for hour one. Um, I wanted to talk about this Laker miniseries just concluded on HBO. Uh, and we'll get to that in just a bit because it was fantastic. I know Jerry West is highly upset uh, about his depiction <laughs> in this miniseries. I kind of feel like it's not exactly Jerry West. It feels like a, a, a stretched out version of them uh, from everything I've ever seen of the man. But uh, the show is fantastic. So we'll talk about that here in just a bit. I, w- I got to get to James Harden. Of course, the uh, the 76ers are eliminated from the NBA playoffs, losing to the one seed in the East, the Miami Heat, um, the uh, Thursday night. Here's some comments from uh, Joel Embiid. He was asked whether or not um, James Harden uh, is the same guy as he was uh, prior to coming to <laughs> coming to Houston. Um, hold on a second. Let me pull up this uh, this uh, quote here from Joel. Um, and I like Joel because he's completely honest too, and he gives you his feelings top to bottom. He really does. Here you go. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think he's been uh, obviously. Uh, I'm sure, you know, since uh, we got him, everybody expected uh, the Houston James Harden, uh, but that's not who he is anymore. Uh, he's more of a playmaker. Uh, I thought, you know, yeah, at times, you know, could have been, uh, as all of us, uh, could have been more aggressive, uh, all of us, whether it's Tyrese or Tobias or, you know, guys coming off the bench. Uh, and I'm not just talking about offensively. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, as a whole, uh, offensively and defensively. Um, I didn't think we were good defensively as a team. Uh, that that took advantage of a lot of stuff that uh, we try to do defensively, and then offensively, just really everybody being on the same page. Uh, obviously, only having probably what three or four months to all work together and try to figure it out. Okay, I'll be the first to say it. It looked like James Harden threw that game. Like it, it literally looked like he uh, he threw that basketball game. Some of the moves he was doing, I was just scratching my head like. Why was he trying to do that? Like, why was he trying to dribble through three guys? Uh, it just didn't make sense. Larry, I see that you're you're ha- like I feel the steam coming out of your ears when it, when uh, we talk about James Harden. What are your thoughts on this? And what do you do if you're the 76ers? You know, I don't know if anybody has a different opinion of than I do on this, but it, it almost seemed like in that second half he quit on the team. I mean, I don't know if that's just a perception I got. I don't not saying he did it intentionally or whatever, but when you're watching that, what he 
if I'm correct, I don't remember. Did someone say he took like two shots? I think that we said two um, shots the second half. I don't even remember any of them. Okay, that's how few shots he took. I think they were two threes at yeah, they were. They were two three pointers. Yep. Okay. So I mean, what? Why? And my question is why? And I don't know why. And you know, Desmond just said, you know, mentioned looked like he possibly was throwing the game. I don't know. I can understand him thinking that because it just and, and tell me if I'm wrong, guys. It just wasn't James Harden in that second half. It was like a completely different player who is afraid to either afraid to shoot the ball or more just didn't want to shoot the ball. He's like almost like let's get this series over with so I can go home type player. And I, you guys know me well enough. I hate players like that. I despise players like that. And I was never against James Harden. I, you know, we were. I like the idea of James we Harden. We were hating on James Harden for, for the past. How long has it been, Brandon? We've been hating on James Harden for about four years now. <laughs> like going back to Houston. But I never hated him. Like, no, we okay, despise, I dude. talk bad like, about LeBron, okay? <laughs> I never talked about him like I talk about LeBron to you guys. But it just, when a player does that, I'm sorry. And, you know, if I'm management, I'm questioning this guy and saying, what the heck was going on? in your mind during this game because it was completely a different James Harden that we're all accustomed to. Rod, um, I'm going to save Rod because me and Rod are on the same wavelength when it comes to James Harden. Uh, Brandon, people that are fans of fans of this show, The Rundown, for the past couple of years or so, if you listen to the theme song in the very beginning, there's a clip. Where, I knew you was going to bring that up. Where me, me and Brandon are talking back and forth about uh, who's the more, who's the better scorer, Michael Jordan or James Harden? And Brandon is saying basically that James is more creative scorer. And I'm saying, you know, Trivon's not being creative. That was from like three years ago, if I'm not mistaken, um, from one of our shows from three years ago. Tell me how you feel about James Harden today, because with the rule change um, and the way people are playing him, plus I'll give him a little bit of credit for injuries. Although I will say this. Everyone keeps saying this whole thing about uh, James Harden, his hamstring, blah, blah, blah. Have we heard the 76ers say anything about his injured hamstring at all? Like, have they made a, a note to mention that he's playing hurt? Have they given any kind of updates on the injury? Or is that just something we're carrying over from what he had before to explain what we're seeing on the court, which is basically him, uh, basically, like Jalen Rose said, his his uh, car max, his car max is just like – you start reading, it's like, oh, he's got all these like accidents and stuff on here. Like, I didn't even know that was there. Brandon, what are your thoughts about James Harden now as opposed to three years ago? Um, I still, I still think at at that point, James Harden was you know MVP caliber. I think he might even won the MVP either the year after that. Um, I think he's one of the most skilled scorers, the one of the most creative scorers we've ever seen. I think he kind of changed his game whenever he got with the Nets. He was leading the league in assists for a while and became more of a playmaker, like Joel Embiid and said. Joel Embiid stated, "I do agree with that." But I think since the rule changed, James Harden hasn't been Harden since then. He's, he, we got to think about how he was averaging almost 10 points just from the free throw line. And he's not getting those looks anymore. No. Um, Trey Young, Young, too. They both kind of yeah. fell back because of they're not calling those calls anymore. And Devin Booker struggled with it at the beginning of the year, too, and began to pick it up. But I think the rule change is taking him some time to get used to. I also think maybe he's just overthinking it out there, man, trying to be so much of a playmaker that he's being a little bit passive of himself. 
And he's really kind of honed in on instead of being like a combo guard, it seems like he's made that full switch to the point guard position. But I think with that, the rule change is really impacting him because he's not getting to the line like he was. I mean, he was leading the league in um, free throw attempts and points at the line for like three, four years straight. And when you take away 10 points per game that you're used to having guaranteed, it's tough. That's a you know good point because he is he was down to like 21, 22 points a game with Philly, but those 10 extra free throws uh, he was getting the previous couple of years, we're talking about a dude that was averaging 30 points a game for like four seasons straight. Uh, and before that, like 27 a game. for So he really averaged at least 27 a game for like, how long was he in Houston? Eight years? Like about six or seven of those years. Uh, and we saw peak uh, James Harden. Jalen, are we watching the, the end of James Harden? Because it feels like... I think we've all been spoiled by watching like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and even LeBron play deep into their thirties. And maybe we've all started to think that's the norm going forward. It really isn't like father time more often than not is undefeated. Are we watching James Harden who is now 32? I think he only played two years of college one year. I can't remember when he came I think out. he played two at Arizona State. Yeah, so he came out, he was like 19. He's 32 right now. So he's he's played 10 years, I believe, in the NBA. Are we watching the decline of James Harden, or is this just a one-off? Well, fellas, I think y'all are missing it. I'm going to be honest. So far, we've missed it. This is who James Harden is. Every time it's win or go home, James Harden is the first one on the plane every time. Come on, some like you can plane. go back. You know what I'm saying? He he already ready to go to Cabo. Once they once they lose that third game, he's already booked his villa. We saw that. This is what it is and who he is. Yeah, exactly. Portland against yeah. the against the Clippers when Josh Smith and Trevor Ariza saved the day. They were down 19 in the fourth quarter, and Josh Smith brought them back, and that's how the Clippers end up losing that three. They did that with James Harden on the bench. Like San Antonio. Yeah. Against the Heat in the finals. <laughs> it's all over. Whenever it's, it's, it's time over, for his right. boys to go home, whenever it's time for his boys to go home, he's the first one on playing. And that's just what it is. That's his mental makeup. That's just, that's just the type of player he is, the type of guy he is. Now, is it the end of James Harden? I would say yes, because I don't know if he has taken care of his body to the level of the guys that his – He's competing against now. Yeah. So, also, I would say, yeah, yes, this could be the end of James Harden as we know it, just because it's he's done too much irreversible damage, and he spent too much time not eating vegan or whatever Chris Paul and Tom Brady the boys do to <laughs> still play and have that longevity. He out, you know, he like his fillets. He like his fillets with Oscar on top. You know what I'm saying? So and he, and like, he like him, and he like him in Magic City. So it's like, just, he, yeah, I'm not gonna say it's, <laughs> no, not, wings, gonna say it's sad because this is this is who he is. But that's what I'm saying. Um, so it's like, I, I just don't, I, I just don't get it. But y'all boys can act surprised all y'all want. I tell you, that I've been screaming this from the rooftop. This ain't he's not a needle mover because once it's back against the wall, it's time to go ahead and touch the beach. Oh, this this ain't a surprise. <laughs> to touch the beach. This ain't a surprise, uh, Rod. Rod this ain't a surprise at all. We've kind of suspected this about him uh for a minute and and honestly i kind of want to bring this around full circle because these playoffs actually kind of feel like a passing of the torch sort of like we've had like the same top 10 guys in the league 
really for the past five or six years, it feels like. And it's the, the usual suspects, LeBron, Durant, Kyrie, Harden, uh, all these Embiid, all these guys that we're talking about. But it feels like this year is a little different. It started last year uh, with Bucks and Suns in the finals and Giannis winning that ring in the, in the manner he did it. But this year really feels like a changing of the guard where uh, James Harden is not a top 10 player anymore. I'm sorry. He's he's not a top 10 player. He just he can't get past people. He can't get that shot off. To Brandon's point, he can't get to the foul, uh, the foul line. So he's become almost like he'd be a good third piece uh, on a team, like he would have been in Brooklyn, basically. He would have been the third piece there. Uh, Rod, does any of this surprise you? And if you're the 76ers and Daryl Morey, who have a, a relationship with James Harden, the reason why he's there, what do you do? Because you, we just heard Joel Embiid's comments, and he knows he's not the same player. He's vocalizing this out loud. So if he's saying, you know, James Harden isn't the same player, how in the world can you justify, if you're Daryl Morey, giving a $250 Supermax extension to James Harden at age 32, where he'll be making over $50 million a year uh, at age 36, 37, 38. How do, how, do you even, how do you even do this if you're the 76ers? Because you gave up a lot to bring him in. Well, I think, you know, Morey and James Harden really do have a good relationship. And I think they're going to wind up working something out, not because they should, but here is why I think it will happen. And a lot of it has to do with the history that you guys have just said concerning James Harden. To me, James Harden and Kyrie Irving, they are pretty much cut from the same cloth. So there's a different aspect. We can't, that say, I, Rod, we can't, we can't say that. I feel you, but you can't say that. Well, let me finish first, and then you can come back and say whatever you think. <laughs> but they're cut from the same yeah. cloth, and this way is what I mean. From the selfless aspect of what we had just discussed, availability, selflessness, and playing for each other. So they're cut from the same cloth in the selflessness aspect, and this is what I mean. Everywhere James Harden has been, he has had some great teammates. Let's look at Oklahoma. Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. He couldn't hang up with them for whatever reason. He didn't mind. He didn't want to come off the bench anymore. So he they had didn't to pay leave. Him. So, well, yeah, they didn't pay him. So that's, that's the only fine. one I give him a that's pass fine. Yeah, Okay, give him a pass on that. Start. Let's go down to Houston then. There we go. He, he reunites with Russell Westbrook. Guess what? Hey, can't win with Russell. Russell's got to go. Maury. I don't like Russell anymore. Get him out of here. But even before Russell, hey, can't win with Chris Paul. You bring Chris Paul in here. Oh, maybe Chris Paul's handling the ball too much. That's not selflessness there. Chris yeah. Paul's handling the ball. Chris Paul's getting too much attention. Get Chris Paul out of here. But Chris Paul has won and made his teammates better everywhere he's gone. That's why Chris the, Paul went to the finals last year. Yeah, the 2017 with Warriors with Durant on the ropes. Uh, exactly. Exactly. He, he did he get hurt. hurt he did get hurt, but, but selflessness that, yeah. would not ship Chris Paul out. See, right. see, James Harden likes to blame things on other people and get them shipped out. So he gets Russell Westbrook shipped out. He gets Chris Paul shipped out. Now he's with Kevin Durant. But you, in Brooklyn, he can't ship Kevin Durant out because they realize Kevin Durant's the best player on the team. So guess what? Well, let me get on up out of here. I understand there's an issue with Kyrie Irving and that whole trio of him and Kevin Durant. I do understand that. So now he's ready to get up out of here. Now, we go over here to the Philadelphia 76ers. Guess what? They ask you in the press conference, well, what's the deal with Doc Rivers? Next question. As if, hey, I don't want to talk about Doc Rivers. There's an issue with me and Doc Rivers. 
I don't like Doc Rivers making me play defense because Doc Rivers is a defensive coach, and I just want the offensive ball. So you know what? I'm going to quit on everybody. I'm going to tell Daryl Morey, hey, Doc Rivers is not the coach that I wanted. Doc Rivers is also not your coach, Morey. He's not the coach you hired. Get Doc Rivers out of here. Doc Rivers is the problem. Guess what? James Harden is going to convince Morey that Doc Rivers is the problem out there. Everybody else is the problem as to why they're not winning. They're going to ship Doc Rivers out. Maury is going to give James Harden a new deal. And then finally, when Maury is about to lose his job because of James Harden, he'll realize maybe James Harden is the problem. See, I So like I said, under the happen. selflessness, they cut from the same cloth, Jalen. I thought all that was going to happen until I was riding around yesterday afternoon and got a blurb on my phone saying that the 76ers and, uh, are bringing Doc Rivers back. So I'm like, okay, now this makes no sense because you're bringing Doc Rivers back after everything that just happened over the past day or so. Because we, honestly, I, I had it written down segment-wise to talk about Doc Rivers to the Lakers. Uh, yeah. Thursday night, yeah. You know? I had it written down. I was like, you and know, I still don't think it's over, Dez. I, listen, I don't believe anything that they say, Not, especially with the summertime coming up. And who knows what's going to come out of James Harden's mouth. You know my motto on when these guys be talking. A pair of will someplace. say anything. Like Jalen said, he's going to be somewhere already. Like laying out, blaming Embiid for losing. Uh, he's got to be with his boy Lil Baby for sure. <laughs> Yo, gosh, the no, he got to stay got to stay clear of all rappers right now. Got to Please, clear yes. all rappers right now. I, last thing I need to do, is, last thing I need is to wake up on a Sunday morning and see James Harden in a, a, a Rico case because he was hanging out with some rappers in Atlanta like three years ago or something. Um, Larry, what do you do if you're the 76ers here? Because uh, I'm kind of on the Stephen A tip where he's – for Kyrie and James Harden, he's like, I'd give him one year. I give him one-year deals. Michael Jordan took one-year deals. The last three years he played with the Bulls, he was getting paid $30 million a year back in 1997 or whatever. They should have no reason to not take them except for the NBA uh, Players Association because what's going to end up happening is uh, Harden, Kyrie, Ben Simmons – you're going to irritate the Players Association because you're messing with people's money down the road. You're making it where these owners are going to band together and be like, look, we're not giving Kyrie Irving $200 million guaranteed. We're not going to give a 32-year-old James Harden scoring 20 points a game and not shooting in a, a game-clinching game six elimination game. I'm not giving him a $250 million max just because he can get it. Like It's going to affect how players get money down the road. And the other players, I don't know if they've seen this yet that far down, but what are your thoughts on this? If you're the 76ers, do you give them a, a max deal? Do you offer them something less? Do you give them one year? Do you just get rid of Like, what do you do with James Harden right now? You know, it's a, it's a great question. And when you look at this situation, it's like you got to understand something. I don't think a lot of people – I know you guys understand it, but a lot of the fans out there don't understand. Players are not getting paid for the future. They're getting paid for what they have done in the past. And a lot of people which don't realize that. Which is reverse from NFL. NFL, you get paid kind of, well, no, it's switched now. It used to be in NFL, they would pay yes. you the big, huge deal off of potential down the road. Now they've flipped it so that they can pay you off of what you've done. So, Right. Uh, and, just, you know, when you look at, like the panel has said, what has Harden done? What has he done? I mean, except cause uh, chaos everywhere he's gone. He hasn't really been, in my opinion, one of those top-notch players that win. He's a quitter. He's proven that many, many times, you know, like Jalen said. 
And at the end of the day, I'm sorry, I have a completely different thought process when it comes to guys who are not team players. My opinion has always been get rid of them. and You can do more with team players than you can do with one star. And I've always been that way and always had that thought process. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't know if I'd even bring him back. I mean, he hasn't done it. Anybody that quits on my team, why the heck would I want to bring that guy back and have that type of chemistry on my team rather than have a winning culture? That's not a winning culture when a guy quits on you. Why do you – I don't care how many points he scores. There's other people in this league that can score 21 points a game that you can pay a lot less to than James Harden. So my – hey, if I'm the – I wouldn't even bring him back, but I think they're going to try to get him to a one-year deal to answer the question. But if you're asking me if I was the GM what I'd do, you're gone, buddy. You quit. Get the heck out of here. They run the risk of alienating Joel Embiid, who is entering the peak of his career right now. I feel bad for Joel because you could hear it in that press conference where there was things he wanted to say but knew he couldn't say it. And I'm surprised he even said that Harden's not the same Harden from Houston because that indirectly is a shot yes, right man. there. I mean, we all see it, though. Yeah, we all yeah, see it. Definitely. I mean, it's, nothing, nothing, it's not like it's out the blue or anything. But, but Desmond, you mentioned a question. Should they pay him? Are the owners going to – collude or whatever that word is and not pay these guys 250 or whatever are they wrong not to i don't think so it's their right. money so I mean, the owners are doing what did 10 what, years ago right the owners are doing what you and i agree they should do these guys don't deserve they haven't done anything what irving's you know cost his team any opportunity of being successful this year Harden quit on his team and you're going to say okay you guys now that you quit on your team you're not team players and you're going to ruin the chemistry of our team we want to thank you by handing you a quarter million dollars yeah that doesn't sound like a good idea <laughs> plus James Harden it almost it almost feels like and we got to take another break here um didn't he sign like a 200 million dollar Adidas deal like six or seven years ago that was soon as he got to use yeah, so he signed. So I remember he signed that. He got the Houston. That's over he, now, right? Yeah, I think it's over, but he signed. I mean, I'm just trying to think how much money he's made in his career because I know he signed at least a hundred plus million dollar deal in Houston while he was there. I remember at the very end, Houston was offering him like something nuts, like 85 million for two years or something like that. He turned it down. Uh, Rod actually forgot one guy, the original guy they tried to team him up with in Houston was Dwight Howard. And there was oh, issues yeah. there, if right. people yeah. remember, where he, him and Dwight were having – and Dwight was still – he was coming down from the peak of his career. So, I mean, we're talking yeah. 10 years ago. So, this was like 2012. Actually, uh, Dwight was with the Lakers, Kobe and the Lakers, and they thought he was going to resign there, and he didn't. He went to Houston and linked up with James Harden. And then him and Harden started having issues, and then Dwight started bouncing around all over the league, right. and that started that. So, so Dwight, man, that, that boy built the same way. Dwight Howard. Yeah. yeah, that's a conversation for another day because uh, <laughs> he's still floating around the league, but he does have a ring. He has – he's got uh, quirks. That's probably the best way to <laughs> describe Dwight Howard. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, though, um, NFL quarterbacks with the most to prove going into this 2022 season. We're not going to do the whole look at the whole NFL schedule release thing and try to figure out what games are going to be the thing. The thing that always bothers me about the schedule – is them giving the strength of schedule because you're basing it off of last year. None of these teams are the same. 
I've never understood that stat, the whole strength of schedule thing, because the, the Panthers have like the second or third easiest schedule in the league. And I'm like, none of these games are easy and none of these teams are the same. I just don't set up. You setting up. You, you building in them excuses already. Dude. No, <laughs> Landry just signed with it's the Saints. Good. And supposed to sit here and be like, oh, we got a schedule. It's going to be it's going to be real smooth. I figure. We're going to get into all of it. NFL yeah. quarterbacks with the most. To prove. He, he, he setting it up <laughs> when they go five and twelve. We'll be back in just a bit. This is the rundown. WWBG 1470 AM at Radio.com. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. You deserve to get good service and great rates. At State Farm, we get it. And we're here to help because with every State Farm policy, you get good neighbor service and you get surprisingly great rates. So what are you waiting for? Get going and talk to a local State Farm agent about your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Susanna Nunn in Kernersville today. Maylor Family Chiropractic and Acupuncture, located at 205 North Cherry Street in Kernersville, is your family chiropractor. Dr. Maylor's goal is to treat and correct the underlying cause of patient symptoms to alleviate pain and to restore balance. Maylor Chiropractic treats pain, sports injuries, injuries from auto accidents, and much more. Start performing to the best of your ability pain-free. Give them a call and set your appointment today at 336-996-3737. Maylor Chiropractic in Kernersville. This is Davis Troxler, the proud owner of North Carolina Golf Academy and the director of instruction. Don't let your golf game suffer from this dreary winter season. Come hit some golf balls, take a lesson. You can call us at 336-324-2374 for details. Thank you and keep it in the fairway. You are locked into Tobacco Road Sports Radio, your home for triad sports. Back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. Welcome back into the rundown here on WWBG 1470 AM here in the triad and tobacco road sports radio.com Facebook watch YouTube LinkedIn Twitter follow us on Twitter at tobacco radio for the latest triad sports coverage Carolina Cobras NAL they are three and oh to start off this season they take on the Orlando Predators on the road that is on tobacco road sports radio tomorrow at 3 p.m. live uh, so definitely tune into that we've got some prep baseball and softball state playoffs going on across uh, the state of North Carolina, we are your home for that as well. So uh, I believe we are either doing East Forsyth versus Mooresville softball Tuesday night or West Forsyth. Uh, I can't remember who they're playing uh, in baseball on Tuesday night. So we'll keep you posted on that. Follow Tobacco Radio on Twitter for all the latest. And go go get that push of tea. Go get that push of tea. Um, NFL quarterbacks with the most approved this upcoming season. Uh, I'm going to start off with you, Rod. Um out of all the NFL, there's been a lot of moves, uh, a lot of trades, rookies coming in, 
uh, what happened at the end of last year. When I ask who's the one NFL quarterback who has the most to prove going into this 2022 uh, season, who's the first name that comes to mind for you? First name that comes to mind for, to me, Biz, I'm biased, as biased as you can get, is Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, period. Yeah. Hey, Dak Prescott <laughs> signed a historic $66 million signing bonus. Get him. And you've Preach only run one, one playoff game? One playoff game? Come on now. You got Patrick Mahomes who's earned that kind of money. You've got um, a man in Green Bay who uh, believes in, in, in being vaccinated, but he calls it <laughs> something else, Aaron Rodgers, who he uh, he is getting that kind of money. But listen, these guys who are getting that kind of money, they are winning more than one playoff game. I'm sorry. When they back the Brinks truck up to your house and they drop off that big old bags of money, you have got to perform in the playoffs and not only perform, you got to know the rules of the game. You can't sit here and run down the field, pick up the football and say, I ain't know I had to give it to the referee to let the referee <laughs> put the ball down. Come on, man. What kind of look? Dak Prescott has a low. I don't want to hear nothing about no regular season. I don't want to hear nothing about the, my wide receiver was hurt. I don't want to hear nothing about him having the most passing yards. I don't want to hear nothing about Dak Prescott won the NFL, NFC elite because that's what they are. They the least in the East. I don't want to hear about that. You need to get to the playoffs, and you need to at least win two playoff games to put you in the NFC championship game. Until then, you are garbage. In the words of Aaron Gabriel, you are garbage juice, at least as far as the money that you have stolen from Jerry Jones. Not to say that Jerry Jones doesn't deserve to be robbed due to the, some of the decisions that he's made, but still. You have got a lot to prove, Dak Prescott. And like I said, I'm biased, so please forgive me. Thank you. Especially, hey, Rod, especially because you're playing them playoff games at home every year, huh? Every year at home. Why you can't win at home? And you know, the bad, part, home. the bad part about all that was the very next week, Kansas City is in a situation where they have six seconds to get down the field to score a touchdown, and they do it. Like, they do it. Now, granted, they had some timeouts and stuff, but they didn't panic. They, they knew what to do. The whole handing the ball off to the referee thing. I, I actually kind of forgot about that part. Patrick but, uh, Mahomes knows the rules of the game. They know the rules of the game. Josh Allen knows the rules of the game. Uh, starting off hot here, Larry, if there's a quarterback out there you think of first that you should be, have the most to prove uh, going into this season, who would it be? Well, it goes similar to what uh, Hot Rod said. I think it's Ryan Tannehill of the Tennessee Titans. I mean, he's taken this team, what, the last three or four years since he's been here, had pretty decent years, but he can't get over that hump of winning one suit, uh, one playoff game. I mean, the expectations, it's its completely different depending where you go. Sam Donald, you can say in you know Carolina, he's got the most approved because he doesn't have a job next year if he doesn't prove it. But when you look at Ryan Tannehill, here's a guy that's been successful through the regular season. But like Hot Rod says, nobody counts the regular season. You're in the worst division uh, in all of football in the AFC South. You better win your damn division. Yep. But when you get to the playoffs, what's going on? You throw three interceptions versus the Bengals that, you know, I don't want to put all the blame on him. You know, there's other facets that played into that game, but at the end of the day, you are judged on winning in the NFL. No matter, Patrick Mahomes is great, not because he's great, because he wins. Tom Brady is great because of all those Super Bowls he's won. Aaron Rodgers, he's won a Super Bowl. He wins playoff games. Ryan Tannehill has not done it. You want a great quarterback during the season? 
Ryan Tannehill may be a man, but in the playoffs, you got to prove not just to the Tennessee fans, but to the entire nation that you're more than just a seasonal quarterback. And that's a, that's a great one too, with Malik Willis sitting behind him. Yep. Uh, the the Titans have been the one seed going into the playoffs. I think the last two years. Uh, they, what were they fourteen and two or something like oh, three, whatever? The, yeah. They played seventeen games last and they, year, and they didn't have Derrick Henry for like the last like eight games of the year last year, and still clinched the one seed. So yeah, that's actually a good one because Tannehill might find himself uh, as trade trade bait down the yeah. road here if uh, if he doesn't do something uh, to stave off Malik Willis. Um, Brandon, first quarterback comes to mind. When you think of NFL quarterback with the most to prove going into this upcoming NFL season, in my opinion, it's one of the latest ones to secure that big bag, and that's Deshaun Watson making his comeback to the league. He's had a lot of time off. Is he still that same Deshaun Watson from three, four years ago that we were talking about was going to be one of the faces of the league, one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL? Um, that's a lot of time off. It's a lot of uh, time to get rusty. Has he been taking care of his body the same way? Has he been getting those reps and still off the field, you know, training, staying ready? Um, he's going somewhere where quarterbacks go to die as well in Cleveland. So <laughs> yeah. him being held as the franchise savior for them, I mean, they gave that man a lot of money. And he's coming in with some big expectations. It's arguably he's the biggest star in the, in the state of Cleveland or the, the city of Cleveland. So I think Deshaun Watson, all eyes are going to be on him. That's a good one, too. Uh, we don't even know if Deshaun Watson's going to be able to play. Um, that yeah, whole situation right. in Cleveland is weird right now. Baker Mayfield's still there. Uh, the Browns don't want to pay any of his salary, really. All these other teams are sitting around like, well, we're not going to trade you for him, so you're going to have to cut him because you've already said he's not going to be uh, in the quarterback room going forward. So there, someone's going to have to eat a loss there. And they don't even know if Deshaun Watson's going to be able to be available uh, week one because all that's still ongoing. Uh, Jalen, the first quarterback that comes to mind uh, when you think of quarterback that has something to prove uh, going into the 2022 season. I mean, the list is expensive. And I, everybody that has been addressed so far, I had them on my list. Um, it's two names that – well, three really that haven't been said yet that I really uh, think have the most to prove this year. One – Russell Wilson. Denver yes, gave up. Yep. Denver gave up everything to get Russell Wilson. Well, their draft future, I'll tell you that. To get Russell Wilson because they felt like they had the defense that was ready. They already had the skill position guys that were ready. They just needed the quarterback that was going to be able to pull the trigger and take them to the promised land and get them back to the Super Bowl. So Russell Wilson's first on my list. Second on my list, Lamar Jackson. No deal. Yeah. Mm. This is a contract. No here. deal passed this year. Fifth yeah. year option, 25, $25 million this year. But the future is unknown for Lamar and Baltimore Ravens, which kind of makes me uneasy at this point. I'm not going to lie to you. And the third guy, I'm going to go with Derek Carr. They go get they go get that guy, Devontae Adams. They've got Waller. They've got uh, what's Josh Jacobs in the backfield. They've got Josh Jacobs. Well, what's the other receiver's name oh. from Clemson? Oh, uh, I can't remember his name. I can't remember it either, but I know who you're talking about. Renfro, Hunter Renfro. Renfro, yep. yeah. Who, who was surprised a lot of people who didn't think he was going to be a, you know, a, a, to the cape, to the caliber that, that he is in the NFL. They're fully loaded and ready to go, man. And it's really either Derek Carr or they're going to have to move off him too. I think they just gave him a two-year extension, but still they didn't commit to him really long term once again. 
And so I think those are the three guys that have the most to prove this year at the quarterback position. And honestly, number one on my list would be Baker Mayfield, but we just don't know what the situation right. is going to be because his his career could be over. Like I think too, the, Kyler Murray is on that list as well. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, guys, yeah. let's not forget. Let's not forget Daniel Jones of the Giants either. <laughs> I mean, there's a guy hey, well, that's Larry. It's, it's hard to remember him sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Guy. Exactly. <laughs> but Tyrod Taylor is sitting in the back burner. You're the quarterback of Gotham City, and we can't remember your name. Yeah, you got something to prove, buddy. Now I know he had Nancy Quan Barkley behind him, and I know he lost Odell like a couple years ago. And, the Giants are a hot mess, so I, yeah, yeah. But he was the number one quarterback taken right. in the draft. The I'm sorry, 10. they picked him number <laughs> I agree. nine. So yeah. yeah, he's got something to prove. I got two. One, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, and the reason why I say Joe is because I'm worried he's going to become the next Dan Marino. They got to the Super Bowl season two of his career, never sniffed it again. And if I had to pick a team that could make that kind of happen, it would be the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, in terms of just getting in their own way, preventing themselves from getting there. Pittsburgh's reloading. Baltimore's got a former MVP behind the center. Uh, the Browns have reloaded. Well, not even reloaded. They just got better, and they already had probably more offensive talent than anybody else in the division. It's going to be really hard for Cincinnati to duplicate what they just did. Uh, they didn't even have an offensive line. Like Their offensive line was on par with the Carolina Panthers in terms of how poor it was, yet Burrow and that quick release was able to get them to where they needed to go. I know he dueled with Pat Mahomes. I know he dueled with all these quarterbacks, but I find it hard to kind of fathom him doing the same thing next year. So he's got a lot to prove there. And then honestly, I'm putting Pat Mahomes on this list. I'm going to put Patrick Mahomes on this list most to prove because I want to answer the question, did Tyreek Hill make Pat Mahomes or did Pat Mahomes make Tyreek Hill? Because there's been a If you think back to all the iconic plays that Pat Mahomes has had over the past three or four years, the bombs, the Super Bowl play to Tyreek Hill. What is it? It's basically a backyard. I'm going to run around, prevent them from sacking me, and then I'm going to wait and throw it to Tyreek Hill. I'm going to underthrow it so he can come back to it, and then he's going to use his speed to go do whatever down the field. Or I'm just going to throw it to him four yards out, let him run 65 with it, and get a touchdown. I got a 68-yard touchdown on my stat list. I need to know if Pat Mahomes can elevate even further to where he is because it felt like last year in the first half of it, Defenses were starting to figure him out. They kind of yeah. got their groove as they went through the year. And, yeah, they still won the AFC West and almost made it to the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying Pat Mahomes sucks or anything to that degree because that's just you know crazy talk right now. But to me, he has the most to prove. If he's truly the best quarterback in the NFL, I need to see him do it with what they have now and not Tyreek Hill. Because Tyreek Hill – Tyreek Hill's career is going to die in Miami. Tua cannot get the ball to him. Like Tua can't throw the ball. That's another guy that's got a lot to prove. That's exactly right. He's on the list too. We've named like half the league. We've named like like twelve quarterbacks. But can you say that about any quarterback in the league? You can go right now. Matthew Stafford has to prove it again that he's an elite quarterback because he won it. You can say Tom Brady needs to do it again to prove at 45 that he can, he might you be, can go Tom might be the only one. Yeah, I think Tom yeah, yeah. had to prove it. literally, yeah. even Aaron Rodgers <laughs> has You know, the point I'm making is you can hey, pretty much say that about every quarterback. That's nuts. The fellas, can, can, quarterback fellas, can we address this $375 million Tom gets? I had it written down. We'll, let's, <laughs> yeah, right. let's go ahead and talk about this real quick before I hit the break because I got those panel three seventy five, and he's still putting the pass. Zone. Fully My, guaranteed. They I don't said, understand. Ready, I need that right yeah. 
I don't understand how you can give a man a deal and not even know when he's going to start work. Like, Doesn't you know matter. what I mean? Like, we're going to hire you. Your of money will be sitting right there untouched. <laughs> you come in when you're ready. <laughs> I think he you know seen. he's only made three hundred and five million dollars in his entire. I say only uh, three hundred five yep. million dollars. This contract will be more money than he made in his entire career playing. Yep. It goes to show you wow. how much Tom Brady. We talk about team players earlier gave to win championships because Mark right. could have made a heck oh. of a lot more money than Man. he did, but wanted to win more than he wanted to get paid. Well, and Larry, when your wife makes $70 million that's a year, true. you could do whatever you want. That helps. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. definitely helps. Uh, he's worth every penny. So, He's gonna make so he's gonna make thirty seven point five million dollars a year for ten years. That's quarterback money, like literally, that's yes. quarterback money. It's 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 more really per year than what he was making as quarterback winning Super Bowl. So my man's gonna whenever he rides off in the sunset. I thought that this was said and done. Of course, it's Tom Brady to 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 pick at me just a little bit more to be like, psych, I'm coming back one more year. We're gonna run this back one more time. Like I don't even know what to believe when he's gonna leave. Like but he I has a good like, reason now to leave. Yeah, I think he's gone after this year. Yeah, I feel like Tom, <laughs> Brady, Tom Brady think, feels like the type that would try to do both at the same time. He tried to play football <laughs> and be in the booth at the same with time. The like he would have it on the field, the like a mic with him, like describing what's going on <laughs> and getting paid from both sides. New NFL look in the helmet. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, he'll he'll do a Deion Sanders. He'll play a game at one o'clock and be on prime time. <laughs> Get on the plane, call it a game. NFL game day at the end of the day, man. Uh, this hour always goes by really, really fast. Um, I, I think Larry's sticking around. Rod, Jalen, Brandon, y'all know how I feel. First hour is always uh off the chain for uh rundown. They'll Much love, guys. Week. They'll be back right, next fellas, week. Y'all be safe. Coming up, uh, the ACC in football. Um, is looking to go to a three-five-five model and do away with divisions. We'll bring in the franchise players, Ryan Stone, JP Mundy, plus special from the four-man rush, Kevin Avery joining us too. Football, 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 football. It's not done. We're going to talk a little bit about that and more. The rundown, WWBG 1470 AM and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Blue Naples Pizzeria in Kernersville is now hiring. Come work for one of the best Italian restaurants in the triad. Currently hiring dishwashers, cooks, front cashiers, and more. Great hours, great pay. Give them a call at 336-993-7707 or stop by and inquire at 1519 Union Cross Road in Kernersville. Start working this week. Blue Naples Pizza. <laughs> Kim Source Direct is a single source supplier. In business since 2007, they have over 80,000 products for customers just like you. Located in the heart of North Carolina, they supply cleaning products all throughout the Southeast. Whether you're a commercial business, office, or municipal building, looking for wholesale cleaning products, chemicals, cleaning equipment, or service, they've got you covered. Please reach out and start saving money today. Stop by their store open to the public and save. Kim Source Direct, 1207 South Park Drive in Kernersville. Give them a call at 336-515-9990. Order from the website at kimsourcedirect.com franchise players welcome back sports channel 8's ben swain 
How you doing, man? I love that you guys are doing what you're doing. I love that we're doing what our, what we're doing because the local sports fan is really underserved in, uh, in, in sports radio here in, in North Carolina. Being able to, Monday morning after the New Carolina game, being able to listen to local guys talk about the local game. Franchise players every Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com and at 6 p.m. on WCOG 1320 a.m. and WTOB 988. IdeaCom NC, a trusted telecommunications company with 60 years of experience in unified communications. IdeaCom is about more than just phone systems. They provide a full range of communication solutions. Whether your business is big or small, from churches to schools to fire departments, depend on the best in cabling, phone systems, IT support, and more from IdeaCom of Central North Carolina. Top-rated customer service that cares about your business needs. Check out all the host of solutions at IdeaComNC.com or call at 336 336- 6-854-4455. IdeaCom NC. This is Coach Rez, head coach of your Carolina Cobras Arena football team. You're listening to Tobacco Road Sports Radio.com, your home for triad sports. And you know this, man. Back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. Welcome back into the rundown here on WWDG 1470 AM. We're here live for two hours every Saturday morning here across the triad. And of course, you can get to us at TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Desmond Johnson, I'm your host every Saturday morning. Joined by Larry Frank, host of the Frankly Speaking Sports show Tuesday through Thursday, 11 AM on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. We are blessed to have the franchise players in with us on this Saturday uh, morning. Ryan Stone, JP Mundy, check them out every Friday, 5 PM on Tobacco Road and 6 o'clock on WTOB and WCOG in the triad. And, of course, my main man, Kevin Avery, from the Four Man Rush uh, brand and podcast uh, here with us as well as we talk some NFL uh, action. Before we get into the NFL and the Panthers, uh, the Panthers are still apparently in the market for a veteran quarterback, and uh, we'll pick Kevin's brain on who that might be here uh, towards the bottom of the hour. Guys, the ACC – uh, had their winter meetings this week, and franchise players actually talked about these winter meetings. You can find that podcast a little bit later on uh, today on the Tobacco Road Podcast Network, uh, where they discussed uh, what was talked about during those meetings. Um, the ACC looking to move to a 3-5 format uh, in football. Basically, what this would do, uh, each team would have three annual rivals, and you would cycle in five new opponent opponents per year. So you would play, uh, say, just to make it easy, say you're Carolina, your three uh, opponents are Duke, NC State, Wake Forest, and then you've got five teams in the ACC you're going to play against. That swaps out to the other five the following year. Um, in this model, divisions would be eliminated. Top two teams would play for the ACC championship. This would allow the ACC to have every team play every other team home and away during a four-year cycle. Right now, it takes about 12 years to do that. Um, let's start off with, uh, with you, JP. Um, your thoughts on this? in terms of uh, should the ACC do this? And if they should, because it seems like a a layup in terms of something they should do to uh, increase the value of the league, who, where would you put these, these pods, these, that's basically what it is. We talked about this, I think uh, during the COVID year when they did away with divisions, 
and we were all kind of putting together these like pods of 16 for them to kind of do and then play against the other ones. How would you go about doing this? And where would you put, say, like uh, the North Carolina schools, the four tobacco road schools? Would you group them together or would you mix that up? Because you do have other rivalries like Carolina, Virginia. It's like the oldest rivalry in the South. Uh, How would you do this? I mean, I guess I'll address that one first. First of all, North Carolina is not going to want to play Wake Forest every year. That's the reason we're in the same – that's where the reason that their schedule is the way it is now, where Wake Forest and North Carolina have to meet in a non-conference game. The powers that be in North Carolina will not allow that to happen because it drags down a strength of schedule, theoretically. Um, well, theoretically, his, his, historically. Does it make sense, certainly, for the big four schools to play against one another? Absolutely. But my problem with this whole – I think the scheduling model looks good to answer your question, but I just think it's the low – I just think it's the easiest thing for them to do because they've got bigger problems. The ACC has a major problem, and it has nothing to do with scheduling or the championship game. The ACC's major problem is the fact that, that there's a huge revenue gap between the conference and the SEC and the Big Ten. The ACC signed a disastrous TV deal with um, with a big, thick glass ceiling on it, and it's going to be years digging out unless something miraculous happens with Notre Dame. And I don't see that happen because Notre Dame's a smart business partner. So I just um, saw, I just saw, uh, I think it was yesterday. I just saw that um, the SEC from the SEC network. Uh, each team got an additional like $59 million or something like that because they made more profits than they expected to or something. So you're talking about 14 teams making an extra six or 14 schools making an extra 60 million a piece off of what they made last year. The SEC is just a monster uh, in terms of what it, when it comes to uh, football and them just controlling the narrative on the whole thing. And at the end of the show, we're actually going to talk about college football and basketball and NIL and is it ruining the sport? Because it does feel like we're kind of veering towards a way where uh, in 10 years, I could see college football splitting off from the NCAA completely. And you just have your your four super conferences and they dictate who makes the playoffs and uh, all this stuff with the revenue, with TV money and stuff like that. It seems far-fetched, but it feels like we're heading that way with college football. Um, yep. Ryan, your thoughts on this. Do you think it's a good idea for the ACC to drop these divisions? And to JP's point, should they make a hard play for Notre Dame here? It feels like they're kind of just circling each other at the dance. Like neither are really making a push to really make it happen. But if I'm the ACC, I use 2020 as the reason why Notre Dame should come in. Cause Notre Dame was using that reason to not come in that they wanted to be able to compete for, you know, playoff berths or whatnot. ACC gets two berths in 2020 uh, Clemson and uh, Notre Dame play each other twice. Best for the league. Now, of course they both got blitzed <laughs> in the playoffs, but Besides that, what are your thoughts on all this in terms of getting rid of the divisions? Well, there there is no play for Notre Dame because Notre Dame has their own TV package, and they're never gonna they're never gonna turn it down. It they make more money by themselves than they ever would in the ACC the way things are currently constructed. So that's never and gonna happen. But and they're put on they're put on a pedestal because of it too. Yes. Like you have to say like yes. all the divisions and Notre Dame. Like you have to separate and, them also, and they haven't even like you know. With streaming and everything, Notre Dame hasn't even tapped into like Paramount Plus yet, which they could do with NBC and do like their own behind the scenes type of show or or, or coaches show. Like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of options there for Notre Dame that they haven't even explored yet with streaming Actually, no, and not, Paramount Plus. 
it's not Paramount Plus. It's Peacock. 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 You're right. Peacock. And they were on Peacock last year. I do remember uh, them streaming Notre Dame games to Peacock. And yeah. you're right. That is an avenue they haven't explored yet. And that's what yeah, yeah. they're money they, they, that they're getting. They're getting right. ACC yeah. money anyway. Yeah. I, there's, 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 there's no reason for Notre Dame to do away with what they currently have. Into, unless, I mean, and you can make the strength of schedule argument, but they already schedule a pretty tough schedule. So I don't think that's that's not really – there's no there's really no reason for them to join the ACC uh, in terms of finances or in terms of strengthening their, uh, their schedule. Uh, I think – I do like the idea of breaking up the divisions because we have been cheated out of what should have been the best ACC championship game way too many times because the two best teams were in the Atlantic. And even sometimes the three and four best teams – have been in the Atlantic and the coastal just drags the conference down. So put it all together, do the three, five. I think that's the, the right scheduling model. And I think for the most part, you'll see it be done geographically, but you'll have some mix ups like maybe a UNC in Virginia. I think Miami and Virginia tech would probably still play each other since that dates back to the, uh, the big East. Uh, but I think for the most part, like I think, you know, for example, Clemson probably plays Florida state, Georgia tech, Maybe one of the Carolina schools, potentially, if you do a Virginia and a UNC type of thing or something like that. Uh, so I, I do think, idea. Yeah, I mean, I think all that makes sense. I agree with JP that there's a TV problem, but they're locked into this deal, and there's no re- there's no reason for ESPN to even consider renegotiating it right now because they've got it for cheap. So there's not there's not really anything they can do about it until the deal comes up. Uh, bringing in Kevin and Larry here. I want to open this up. I'm going to combine. I was going to uh, save uh, the NIL conversation for the end of the show, but we'll save the Panther uh, one for that because that's going to take up a large block of it. Uh, let's merge this together. Uh, in a, NIL, I, I feel like I've seen Armando Baycott in like eight different jobs over the past <laughs> few weeks. Uh, he's He was on Outer Banks, that Netflix show. Uh, he's got some kind of new endorsement thing going on like my man's getting bags of money like after he announced he was coming back i'm starting to uh wonder and i actually found deon sanders uh head coach of jacksonville state had a great comment um earlier this week regarding nil where he basically was saying that when you start paying young men this kind of money where they're making more money in college than the college coaches that are trying to coach them, you're you're unintentionally creating a problem down the road. And he's hold saying on, you're hold on, oh, Dion said that. Yeah, Dion said that. Dion literally stole school. a recruit because he gave him a million dollars. Like, like how, how is Dion saying this? Like, that don't even make sense. To Dion's defense, that wasn't his million. He he didn't give him a million out of his own pocket. But yeah, he he basically said. Uh, he put it on Twitter. It was Wednesday. It was a one-minute video. When you start paying athletes like they're professionals, you get athletes acting like they're professionals, and you don't have staffs large enough and equipped enough to handle a young man with money. Let me go deeper. Handle a young man that's making more money than some of the coaches on the staff. Uh, the way he wants them to deal with it is to add more football staff members. So it sounds like he's he's complaining that they don't have enough to deal with it. That sounds like a Jacksonville State problem. That doesn't sound like a, a – a Florida state problem or a, a Oklahoma problem or Alabama problem. But we are starting to see uh, there are rules in place where, you know, you still can't be a booster and just give a kid money and he comes on board without a scholarship. Like you still can't do that technically, 
but they weren't really in Pittsburgh. Right, unless you're in Pittsburgh. Uh, Now, because of what happened with the wide receiver up in Pittsburgh last week, basically getting recruited by USC to transfer, this combination of NIL and the transfer portal has turned everything into this, like, wild, wild west of, like, college free agency. Um, That's what it is. Larry, Larry, if you're – say you're – First year coach coming in for a Division One college football team. With the way the landscape is right now, wouldn't it be better to focus more on kids in the transfer portal than it would be bringing in 17, 18 year old, uh, you know, rising freshmen that would have to grow into that role? Because that feels like that's where coaches are going. I mean, the transfer portal has its good points. I'm not a fan of the transfer portal. I never, and except for certain situations where. You know, a player may have a death in the family or an illness to somebody at home that they need to transfer because there are good reasons for the transfer portal being in place. But I think it takes the lack of discipline out of college football because at any time a player can you don't teach kids how to handle adversity by just letting them say, I don't like the coach because he told me I suck and I've got to sit behind this player and then you let him go. I feel that they have to learn to become men and go ahead and handle adversity because if, if football, and you hear Nick Saban say it all the time, it's more about football. It's about teaching young kids how to become men and handle society. Well, that's not teaching young men how to handle society, but just, just going somewhere else. That's number one. Number two, if I'm a head coach coming in, obviously the transfer portal is a good place to go. But this NIL is screwing everything up. I was in favor of NIL for a player making some money off the name like jerseys and things like that. But now it's become a situation where if you're a booster of a Alabama, Clemson, one of these big time schools, and I'm using some a you know SEC NACs, all you got to do, the boosters that have the most money are going to get the best players because they just throw out that money. That's where it's out of control. It's not college anymore. It's almost like a G League in the NBA now where you pay players uh, to go ahead and come to your university. And, you know, the whole aspect of college football, to me, has been ruined. There's nobody in control. As far as the ACC goes, you know, shame on them for signing that stupid butt contract that they signed with ESPN. That's not college football or these universities' fault. This is the ACC. They have the wrong people in place making the decisions where the SEC has what I believe it's Stanky over there, who's a genius going ahead and getting these unbelievable deals. But at the end of the day, no, I'll tell you what. This NIL is, to me, gotten way out of control and – if they have the boundaries that you mentioned earlier, then why the heck aren't they being held accountable to those boundaries? And the big word is accountability. Who's holding people accountable for not doing stupid things? Here we are at the booster. We'll go ahead and pay somebody millions of dollars to come to our school, but let's go ahead and kick Rick Pitino and these other basketball coaches um, out of a Division One school because they allowed an Adidas deal they knew about. What's the difference except one's Adidas and one's a booster? I don't know, and I'll never understand. But at the end of the day, college football in general is just, it's more like a minor league. It's a pro league that we're using college students. And to handle the money, I'm sorry, if you listen to what Dion's saying, 
part of it's right and part of it's wrong. It's funny because Dion's saying it. And I think that's what makes it, you know, kind of funny, like uh, Ryan said. But at the end of the day, these kids are getting money. They're not used to having money. Okay. Some of them don't come from a place where they had the luxury of living like some of these other people that had that opportunity. Now you're saying take millions of dollars and we expect you not to get in trouble. Don't get in trouble. First time you're having money, you don't know. They need to teach classes in these universities that teach kids how to handle their money, what to do with their money, and not to hang around crowds just because they'll automatically become their friends because they have money. Kev, I want to bring you in on this. Um, Are we watching the end of college football as we have grown to know it? Because it feels like we're heading to a different place. Like, um, in some of those, I think it was in the ACC meetings, actually. I think they were having those kind of conversations where they were basically saying, you know, we need to look towards the future of where we're going with college football. Does that mean they kind of hinted about it? You know, is it a different model? Do we break away? What what are your thoughts on this and that? Would, Would that be a detriment? for them to break away from the NCAA because it doesn't feel like the NCAA is really doing anything in terms of uh, college football. It feels like it's kind of running itself already. Yeah, well, my opinion is is that, you know, the way things are currently set up, you know, anytime you start something new, you know, it's like when a new Xbox or PlayStation come out, you got to let the kinks get out first, you know, and before it gets fixed and done the right way. And I think this whole situation with the um, NIL is the same way. Um, you know, I, I personally, I think they need to treat this. Uh, I do agree with Larry to its, to a certain point that there needs to be some modif- definitely some modifications to it. Personally, I think they should treat it like a, uh, secure credit card, you know, put some sort of cap or some sort of, um, limitations, uh, to it because, uh, you do that to- like based on sport or based on like, how would you, uh, determine, who gets it? Like, does the quarterback at Alabama get the same credit limit as the gymnast at Southern Miss? I think you will break it break uh, break it down based on, I guess, revenue that your particular yeah. sport um, brings in. You know, just kind of like how they always. There's, uh, I don't know if you saw the man where I said where uh, you know why WNBA players don't make as much as NBA uh, that time, and people like, oh well, because WNBA don't generate generate revenue like the NBA. Uh, kind of like the same thing, um, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, some money is better than no money. Because for decades, these college presidents have gotten billions off of these kids, you know, and they and then they, they were comfortable with it. Uh, so I, I'm all for some sort of pay structure based on uh, revenue generated, and your revenue generated based off of your play, you know. So pay for performance. Um, so I, I definitely think that there should be some. They, they should keep a form of compensation, but definitely have it more streamlined, have it more uh, catered to uh, the ability of, of the student and what they contribute to their, not only their team success, but their, to their, um, to the uh, college success as well. I do, there's, there's I do things, like the Desmond, idea that have happened here. There's two ahead, things Jamie. that have happened with the, with the advent of NIL. Number one, the NIL has exposed the fact that the rich boosters are always going to grab the have always grabbed the best recruits no matter this is this is decades i'm 50 yeah all right they've always grabbed the biggest recruits number two and i think i said this on franchise players last week or a couple of weeks ago 
for years, everybody has tried to make college football into big into a big business. Well, congratulations, it's now a big business, and unfortunately, you have to treat a big business like a big business. So either so you either figure out a way to compensate these players, because I don't have a problem with anybody getting paid. If your if your football team generates sixty million dollars a year in revenue to your school. And the face of your franchise is the quarterback. I don't have a problem with him making eight million dollars a year. Bryce Young signed a million dollar NIL deal as soon as he stepped foot on Alabama's campus, pretty much uh, last year. And now they're in a they're, now they're in a in a place with the the NCAA is posturing again, and that's all that they can do because the second they come for anybody's NIL deal that's already inked yep. on paper, they're going to get hit with an antitrust lawsuit. Yep. So the NCAA, as far as college football, major college football is concerned right now, is that their their use is moot. It's over. It's crazy because yeah. the, tooth, the toothpaste is out the bottle at this point. Like, you can't put it back that's, in. So That's, yeah. that's exactly that's exactly what I was going to say, like – I'm not, I don't disagree with what Larry and Kev said about you know putting a cap, but the problem is they didn't do that right away. They didn't do that initially. So right. now this has already happened. So like now these kids are gonna be like, but you let and now I mean Bryce Young got XFL, a million dollars. Why can't XFL, I have a million dollars? The XFL's out there, the USFL's out there. So I mean these kids, they don't and you think they won't take these kids? They will. They, they can lie to themselves initially and say they won't, but they will because they want viewers. And like I, you know, if they if you're not gonna pay me, somebody's gonna pay me. So yeah, but Ryan, there, at the end of the at the end of the day, you gotta remember something. And I think people forget this. And I'm not hey, I agree that they should make money off their name. I've never said I disagree I, with that, but there's gotta be some type of control and cap on it because people forget they're going to school too, they're a full-time student. So now you're adding a full-time student mm. with playing a sport at a big-time school and throw doing all this NIL crap on top of it. And now what you have it is where is the time for them to study and practice and do all this? It just takes away and we're forgetting something here. We might as well These just make it the major. Year old. Just make it their major. 18. Football is their major. Basketball is their major. Right, exactly. And that's what they're I was going to say. Yeah, they're not there to get a business degree. Like they're right. Now circling I mean, back around because I, yeah. I do got to get to a break. But uh, circling back around, a guy like Armando Baycott is benefiting from this because he's making more money right now than he would, you know, can we, with the in Greensboro can we, or whatever. Can we also talk about how the NIL is actually helping college sports too, because like guys like Armando Baycott are coming back to school because of NIL, because yeah. they're not going, uh, they're making more on NIL than they're going to make in the NBA. So it's keeping the, guys correct. on their teams. Um, the player of the year, Oscar uh, Shwibway, how do you say his last name? Shibway. Uh, yeah, Shibway. Shibway. He's coming back. And any other year, yeah. your national player, you're gone. And he decided to come back yeah. for his uh, his uh, upcoming year. Baycott, uh, Caleb Love, guys that would have been fringe players that were having to make hard decisions to leave, knowing probably deep down inside they shouldn't leave, but they were getting pushed to go to get that money. Now they're kind of getting pushed to stay because they can make more money in this period of their lifetime right here. Plus, they're going to get more exposure. If you're playing for Duke right now, you're going to be on TV 40 times a, a season. As opposed to playing for the swarm, uh, no offense, we're we're not going to see you as often. You're going to have the same type of audience. So, okay, will this will this keep players 
in college longer than them leaving early like they're currently leaving because oh, I, think, that's not- I think overall it will i, I don't know about like oh, yeah, if, you're top, if you're top 10 you're gonna leave like yeah. regardless like you're gonna go the money's just too much but for guys that are like mid first to second round or or in the nfl if you're like a mid fourth fifth round type of guy uh, you might take your chances more in the NFL just because there's more rounds and you can kind of work your way on a team and build up that way. The NBA is a little bit different. It's a lot harder, uh, in my opinion, to get on an NBA yep. uh, team than it is an NFL team, at least to be seen. So I can see college. Well, back to what I was saying, thing. Desmond, it's not about the kid because they're not paying. Let's say I'm just using Baycott as an example because you used his name. Let's say you don't believe he's necessarily a big-time NBA player. But it's now based on the school he's going to is the reason why he's getting that NIL deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With Baycott, if, it, if Baycott was playing at Georgia Tech, he wouldn't be getting uh, these right. deals. Uh, UNC, actually, one of the first things Hubert did when he became the head coach was they built a program to handle NIL where Carolina athletes, basketball, football, whatever, could actually use the Carolina logo and emblem and name with their NIL deals with Bojangles or whatever, which makes their NIL value leap considerably from what it would have been if it was just Armando Baycott, you know, uh, promoting cookout or whatever. It's UNC's <laughs> Armando Baycott promoting cookout. That's a different kind of sure. The, the, one thing that's going to save, oh. the only thing that's going to save major college football and major college basketball, in my opinion, is more professional opportunities for players because you factor into how many of these Division One athletes actually want to be in college or how many are there just because they have to be for a certain amount of years before they go. I think the more opportunities that players have to go elsewhere will help solidify college basketball. I don't know what it does to the quality of college football and college basketball, but if you want to save it, then there needs to be more opportunities. Kev, hold on real quick, Kev, and then I got to hit a break real quick. Go okay. Good. Yeah, so one thing I was thinking, you know, while you guys were talking, another way, at the, at the beginning, these are student athletes. So if the NCAA can come up with a way where tying in your GPA and your grades uh, along with a structure of how much you can get, thing like I think that would be beneficial as well. That's you know, if you're, if you're, you know, because, you know, you can easily get one of them dummy courses, you know, majors and just kind of, you know, glad right that well based on every you school. Know, every school has those courses. Every school, every school has it. So why not have it where it still focuses on the student? If you got a 3.5, this is the range of NIL that you can make, um, and things like that. And, and I think that that would keep emphasis on the studies as a student, hmm. uh, still as an athlete and still make the money. It's like all three phases of college you can enjoy and be rewarded for. You're making good grades, your team is performing well. And you got um, and you got money in your pocket and take take care of you or whatever your family situation is back home. I just think tying in the the um, the academics to the NIL, I think that would be a great way to uh, kind of streamline this for you. So if you if you're making a four point um, you know, hey, you know, you get like the max, of, and, yeah. yeah, max out kind of. I like that idea. Uh, great conversation, great conversational NIL. Uh, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I scheduled it like this. I, I scheduled two of the biggest Carolina Panther haters that I know to be in this upcoming segment here. Uh, Panthers, <laughs> the Panthers are apparently still shopping for a veteran quarterback. We're going to talk about the Carolina Panthers. Uh, who should they go after? There are a couple of names that they are still talking to. 
that have relationships with the Panthers. We'll talk about all that and more. Plus, I want to get from each of you. I want to get from each of you. See that that hater laugh from uh, JP over there? Um, I want to get from each of you. Who is your NFL surprise team going to 2022? There's always one team that surprises everyone out the blue in terms of making the playoffs, making a run. Last year it was the Bengals. Uh, who is that team going to be next year? So you, you guys think about that during the commercial break. We're coming around the bend. Um, rundown, WWBG, 1470 AM, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Be back in just a bit. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com. Hello, my name is Sabrina Kuhn-Godfrey. I'm running at large for the Board of Education, making sure all students have quality, accessible, and equitable education is my priority. It would be an honor to serve our community as a member of the board. Vote Sabrina Kuhn-Godfrey for BOE during early voting or on primary day, May 17th. Paid for by Sabrina Kuhn-Godfrey for BOE. Looking to tailgate this summer? Stop by One Stop on the way. One Stop number six, located just one mile west of East Forsyth at 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. One Stop serves fresh fried chicken and our famous taters seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Feeding a crowd is 16 pieces of chicken and sides for just $27.99. Craving wings? Come try our new spicy breaded wings. Get a five-wing meal with six taters and a roll for just $7.39. Now in regular hot ranch or spicy. One stop number six, 2748 West Mountain Street in Printersville. Kim Source Direct is a single source supplier. In business since 2007, they have over 80,000 products for customers just like you. Located in the heart of North Carolina, they supply cleaning products all throughout the Southeast. Whether you're a commercial business, office, or municipal building, looking for wholesale cleaning products, chemicals, cleaning equipment, or service, they've got you covered. Please reach out and start saving money today. Stop by their store open to the public and save. Kim Source Direct, 1207 South Park Drive in Kernersville. Give them a call at 336-515-9990. Order from the website at kimsourcedirect.com. This is Davis Troxler, the proud owner of North Carolina Golf Academy and the director of instruction. Don't let your golf game suffer from this dreary winter season. Come hit some golf balls, take a lesson. You can call us at 336-324-2374 for details. Thank you and keep it in the fairway. Back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. Welcome back into the rundown here on WWBG 1470 AM and tobacco road Desmond Johnson, Larry Frank, Kevin Avery from the four man rush and Ryan stone from franchise players joining us here in hour number two, this podcast episode will be up 
along with the episode of franchise players from yesterday on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio Podcast Network. Definitely look for that here in a couple of hours. Carolina Cobras taking on the Orlando Predators tomorrow, 3 p.m. Sunday kickoff. That is a road game for the Cobras. They are 3-0 and on the season. You can hear that uh, NAL action on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com and WWBG 1470 a.m. tomorrow at 3 p.m. The Carolina Cobra, excuse me, the Carolina Panthers, excuse me, are apparently still in the market for a veteran quarterback. And I wanted to have Kevin Avery on uh, from the four-man rush. If you haven't checked out their stuff, Google them, find out about them. They are top-notch in terms of uh, what they do with Panther coverage, uh, their their uh, their tape cover, stuff they do, breaking down footage and everything is top-notch. Uh, definitely check them out and follow them. Uh, on Twitter, it's for the number four O U R Man Rush uh, on Twitter. Kev, what have you been hearing? What's the latest that you've been hearing about the Panthers? Um, still in the market for a veteran quarterback. Baker Mayfield's still a Cleveland Brown. Uh, I just saw that they're still talking to Cam Newton uh, for some reason. Um, what, what's going on here with the Panthers? Okay, what's going on with the Panthers is that, uh, first of all, you know, let's get the elephant out of the room. The far as the Cam Newton goes, uh, before the draft, there were discussions and conversations uh, with Cam Newton uh, to let him know, like, hey, we're going to be looking to upgrade the quarterback room. We're going to see what's up with the draft. And then after the draft, see how things play out. And, you know, you let us know what you want to do from there. So there is, I know for a fact that there is a offer on the table that was given to Cam Newton prior to the draft. Uh, it is a multi-year offer. Uh, now, I don't know the details, my speculation. I'm thinking like a two-year, uh, maybe one of them being an option year. But, again, that would just be my own personal uh, speculation. Yeah. yeah, because when they went to uh, meet with him before, uh, last year, it was uh, they offered Cam a, a, multi, a multi-year, but uh, there was more upfront money with the one year, so that's why he took that. Um, as far as that aspect goes, so uh, the – Communication doors are open. Um, as far as him coming back, they defined uh, what his role would be, um, and that would be to be a bridge, kind of like a bridge quarterback term or whatever, but still had the opportunity to compete. Uh, now, as far as this whole Baker Mayfield thing, mm-hmm. I during the draft, um, of course, you know, Dad, I got like two sources that's been on the team since 2012, and they were. They were blowing my phone up, man. Basically, right before Cleveland had their 44th pick in the second round, um, Scott Fitterer and the Cleveland Browns staff were in deep, heavy conversations. Uh, The deal was about to go down, but it broke down whenever uh, Cleveland um, did not want to pay any of Baker's Mayfield's fifth-year option, which I don't blame Scott Fitterer. Yeah, I don't blame him. I'm already paying one fifth year option already with Sam Donald. You think I'm going to pay another one? And then right before they pick, I think when it was at the 43rd pick, they called right back and they were saying, okay, 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 we're going to, uh, we'll pay some of it, uh, some of the uh, Baker's fifth year option. And I think Scott being petty, he was kind of like, all right, <laughs> take Sam Donald and, you know, and then we got a deal. And obviously Cleveland laughed and, you know, and, and, and it ended on that notion. So, I'm still I'm still amazed at the downfall of Baker Mayfield two years ago this dude was dueling Pat Mahomes in a playoff game and almost won they were 11 and 5 he played hurt this year throughout the whole season Mm -hmm. uh loses Odell Beckham like I I don't understand 
why they're blaming Baker Mayfield for everything. Where when I'm looking through his stats and I watch him play, he they played the Panthers two years ago, and I think it was in Charlotte, and he came up here and uh, and they beat us. And um, I came like pretty impressed with how he had handled the offense and how he had played. I can't find like the dude doesn't have any outside kids. He don't beat his wife. <laughs> you know, he he's, I mean, his he has teammates don't he, like him. His teammates. I, I guess like I've never heard a teammate say something specifically about him. Like all that feels like hearsay to me. That uh, it's like James Harden's hamstring. We've never heard the 76ers say James Harden has a hurt hamstring. He's playing at 50%. We've all just assumed that his play has come from him having a hurt hamstring. But I don't remember the 76ers ever saying anything about him being hurt. And it's kind of the same thing here with this. So I, I just I don't understand the dude was in so many commercials and all this other stuff. And look like he's a Heisman Trophy winner, number one overall pick. And he was going this way. And then just for whatever reason, the Browns decided, oh, that car looks shinier. We want that one, even though it's got all kinds of problems underneath the hood. And now he's going like this, and nobody wants to touch him. And I just don't understand why. It's kind of – the word is that it's kind of, he has a sense of entitlement that comes with him. Um, it's more so uh, dealing with, you know, shouldn't that kind he? of – But shouldn't he, though? I mean, number one <laughs> overall pick, I'm a trophy winner – but he's I'm not never saying he's like the pros. He's never won anything. He's mid, he, and he's short. He's short, and he's he, you know he's he's short and not as athletic as the other smaller quarterbacks in the league that have had success, like uh, a Russell Wilson. Um, now, granted, he's been with the Browns, but I mean, I, he really hasn't done anything yet to earn professional respect. I mean, he had OBJ. That didn't work well. Jarvis Landry. Uh, Jarvis Landry. They, I mean, nobody's really – the biggest The biggest thing is that you never hear people sticking up for him in the press, like his teammates mm-hmm. and stuff. You yeah. never, ever hear that. Which is kind of odd. I mean, you think maybe the um, the uh, the commercials and stuff – That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like he got those without earning it. But well, what I was going to say. Oh, from, I'm sorry, real quick. But from an on-field performance, Baker Mayfield is like bottom eighth of the league if he 32 quarterbacks when it comes to third down passing conversion and in the red zone. That's Those are money downs for a quarterback. And when you look at his numbers, when you look at the statistics and the metrics that go into that, you know, when, when you need your quarterback to step up big, um, he's – He's in the you know the bottom eighth of the league as far as quarterbacks during his time. I know he's had a up and down. You know, I know he had that stat team a couple of years ago when you know they finally broke that playoff drought and things of that nature. But uh, you know the money downs for a quarterback, which is red zone and third down, he's uh, he's not cutting it. I went real quick. I'm circle back around to the Panthers because uh, that rookie mini camp started this week, and uh, the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast will be back with a new episode Tuesday. Skyler had to go. Uh, he was supposed to be on the show today, but he's at rookie mini camp right now. Uh, so he had to bail. So we'll we'll talk about all the stuff he saw there on Tuesday uh, during that that new uh, episode. I did clip uh, this from head coach Matt Rule. Uh, Kev, you know how I am when it comes to head coach Matt Rule. When he starts talking fast, that means that he's trying to either get out of a lie or he's trying to avoid saying something he ain't supposed to say, and he ends up saying it anyway. And uh, this is him talking about uh, Matt, uh, Matt Rule talking about their new quarterback uh matt corral and when he may or may not be ready uh to play with the panthers 
On another subject, there was a report in front office sports this week that the Panthers were, quote, eyeing Sean Payton if it didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the Sean Payton quote. Oh, 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 oh. This year. Wait, 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 wait. Let me let me stop for a second. Give some uh <laughs> so there was a rumor that came out. I don't know why. Because Sean Payton is technically still under contract with the, the New Orleans Saints this year. Like he can't coach anywhere. So some rumor comes out that uh owner David Tepper has reached out to Sean Payton about potentially coaching the Panthers if things go awry with Matt Rule. Why they're asking Matt Rule this question, I have no idea, because what is he supposed to say <laughs> when asked this? But this was Matt's uh, response. Uh, our buddy Joe Person, I believe, is the one that's asking the question here from uh, The Athletic. That's not in your lane, but is it harder to do your job when reports like that surface? Um, I mean, my job's my job. I'm going to attack it, you know. I mean, like, you know, yeah, enough. no. I mean, you'd love to have everything be smooth sailing, but, like, I wake up when things happen, when stories come out, when unnamed sources say this, but anything that happens, anything, any adversity happens, I say, you know, how lucky am I that I'm going to have a chance to overcome this adversity and be a better coach, person, man, father, all this because of it. So um, I always hope that it brings a better connection with our players and I, because our players live a life where they never, they never know which, you know, what's going to happen with them. And I have a much greater feeling for that anxiety that they go through. And so, I would like a bit more in interconnected feeling. Um, you know, with regards to that report, you know, I mean, uh, you know, first I heard of it, Dave called me and told me that, you know, that it was going to come out, you know, that you know, something that they, they had called him and that there was nothing to it. Um, you know, I know Dave Tepper well enough to believe that he wouldn't be talking to another coach right now. Um, you know, um, you know, when he came to my house two and a half years ago, he told me that this was a five-year rebuild. That, that, that's what he said to me. And he convinced me then, um, to, to come be a part of it with them and build it with them. And, you know, <laughs> we're not where we want to be. And uh, I don't think it's going to take five years. I don't want it to take five years, but those are the words that he said to me. And so, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to, to taking a step this year. I like Jeez, our football. Just, I like the way that we're working. I like this draft. I'm going to stop it right there. What the hell did he just say? Like the car crash. It's like, a car crash you can't look away from. <laughs> you, know, no, uh, you know, honestly, it, is it, there it can. a worse managed team in the NFL like from the top down? Is there a worse managed team from um, David Tepper on down? It is a complete. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. But, yeah, but they actually took action and got Urban out of there. Finally, after like, after like eight different embarrassments over the course of a calendar year, they finally yeah, got him. Uh, ain't, ain't, ain't got a lawsuit on the way, but go ahead. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'd say Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, oh. But no. Uh, for, for all, all, he needed to say, all he needed to say was the first three words. Yeah. My job yeah. is my job. Words. That's all just he just keeps rambling. Like, what are you <laughs> fall out of his mouth. Like, he just, he just can't stop talking. He just keeps going on and on. And, but I will say this. I do believe him. I believe him. When he says that David Tepper gave him this five-year window or whatever, I, I totally believe oh, sure him. The one thing that I don't understand is that people saying that David Tepper is impatient. The man has been infinitely patient for the past, since he bought the team. Like he's done nothing to show that he's impatient. What's the impatient act that David Tepper has had? He hired, a, he signed a dude to a seven year deal, gave him $60 million. He allowed them to try to fix the quarterback situation. When that didn't work, he decided he wanted to make some money on the back end of the year last year. So he brings back fan favorite Cam Newton, which helps them sell out the last couple of home games they have. And basically, that was the biggest moment the team had last year was Cam Newton coming out the tunnel. David Tepper did that. Like, 
He, he didn't have to come out and give a vote of confidence to Matt Rule because he felt like he already did it when he gave him a seven-year deal. He has done nothing to suggest that he is on a hot seat. Like, the whole NFL media has Matt Rule on a hot seat. There's been nothing to suggest that he is. Matt Rule has said it. David Tepper finally came out and said it. There's nothing to suggest that. I mean, they're, they're basically trying to go through all this. And then uh, drafting a rookie quarterback, Matt Corral, and moving up to go get him, to me tells me that he's got more than a year left. He's got a couple years to try to get this thing right. And then they'll go from there. So to say that David Tepper's impatient, I don't buy that. To, now, this you could have said the same thing about the Cincinnati Bengals at this point last year. The exact same thing. Their quarterback was on a hot seat. The owner was, what are you doing? You've got this top quarterback, but you have no way to, you have nothing in front of him. And they made it to the Super Bowl. The whole narrative changed. So I guess my question is do the Panthers have enough on their roster to to make a change in terms of the narrative of the franchise? Because right now they are on this path where every 30 days or so they do something where the league laughs at them. And it's this is strange. Yes, the Carolina Panthers are going to get the last laugh here. I'll tell you that right now, and you can remember this day, guys. The time and date, I think it's 10, 11, 53 Eastern time. Okay? The Panthers will make the playoffs next year. There's no doubt in my – oh, this year, whatever we call it. And you're going to ask me why, and I see some of you looking. Hey, guys, you know what? I'm not wrong usually. I, I'm sometimes wrong, but I'm. Larry's usually. been on point with a lot of these lately okay, too. I, don't, I, don't, I don't. Who's playing quarterback? Well, let me finish. Okay, Desmond mentioned earlier. You know, a lot. He doesn't hear Tepper talking about this stuff. Doesn't hear this stuff around the camp and from the folks that cover the team. The media needs a story. They don't have the story they want, so they're going to come up with any junk that they can come up with. And I'm don't believe the national right media. They are don't not believe the national media when it comes to the Panthers. The national media has no idea what's going on down what's here. What's going they on? Make I, don't make I, don't, no I, don't, I want to get back to the playoff part because well, let me, like, let me finish. Oh, that's so fine. I don't like. Here, I don't, but tell me how they're making the playoffs, please. Seven teams making the playoffs. Seven teams making the playoffs. They the Panthers have the third easiest schedule. Uh, going into the next year, although I said at the beginning yeah. of the show, I, that's the stat. That I hate don't most. Yeah, these teams They're are the third the best team. team in their division. Okay, let me let me finish. Okay, guys, okay. at the end of the day, when you look at this team, okay, they already told you whether you like it or not, Sam Donald is your quarterback. So the fans there get over it, put put on your big girl and boy pants, and understand Sam Donald is your quarterback, whether you like it or not. So you better learn to have him go ahead and be the guy for you. That's number one. Number he's two, the offensive line Sam. is better. He's basically the a line is much better. So Sam, Norman's, so Sam Norman's leading them to the playoffs in a division with a loaded Saints defense no, and, and know, Tom Brady. Brady. He's going to the playoffs. Let's put some clarity. Oh, go ahead. Let's get some clarity on exactly what was said. They, Scott Federer and Matt Rue said that if the season started now, Sam Donald will be our quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it started now, he immediately now, walked back. Understand the difference from. between <laughs> if it started now versus what's yeah. going to happen on September the 11th or whatever. Because at the time, before we drafted Matt Corral, it was only Sam Donald and PJ Walker. So, of course, if the season started now, it would be Sam Donald. But if you've been listening to all the press conferences, 
Scott Fitterer said that even though Matt Corral has been here, he's actually accelerating and catching up pretty nicely already with the playbook that they have. He already said that Sam Dawn and Matt Corral are a lot closer in turn now. Now, what they've done as they're far as learning a new offense at the same time, so it's not like right. Matt yeah, Crowell yeah, they're both yeah. Sam Darnold. Yeah, this is a new playbook for this is a new playbook for them both. You know, the the, the Ben McAdoo playbook is totally different um, from the um, who playbook Kevin, that they, they previously had. Real quick, because we're almost at the end of the show here, Kev. Who okay. who would you want to start, Corral or Darnold, Week One? Oh God, that's like asking if you want diarrhea or STD. Um, <laughs> hundred percent, and somehow they're going to the playoffs. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say the quarterbacks lead them to the playoffs. I would say that the the top three overall defense they had that's full of rookie contracts and a healthy Christian McCaffrey makes them a playoff contender. I, I, I mean, so that's, that's a big, that's a huge question mark there. But every games team last has year. question wow. marks. Every single team in the league has question marks. You guys are basing this on the fact that you have a bigger story right now if they don't make the playoffs than if they do make the playoffs. It seems like in I don't Carolina, think that's true at all. <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous. I don't think that's true. And I think it's a bigger story than make the playoffs. <laughs> you know what? You're all going to be tell five years. the end of the season. Oh. Kevin, I want everybody to remember, I was the one that said this. Every You're the first one to say, Panthers. I haven't even heard that yet. Playoffs. So. Yeah, Larry's standing after every year. Pants. Four different teams make the playoffs that didn't make it the previous year. Have Name you seen someone that's, that's better that's true, than but... Carolina in that position right now than the Carolina Panthers? I'd say the Panthers. Have, you seen, our, have you seen our schedule? Okay, and I'm if you pants. let me talk, the, the the point I was making earlier is: didn't the Baltimore Ravens win a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer as their quarterback? But they also have like a uh, all world. It doesn't the best defense in the world. Quarterback, right? Yeah, <laughs> they're not talking. No. Our defense I think they is good. Like the last two or three teams they no, played. They no, they do not. The Carolina Panthers do not have that Ravens defense. It's not even no. close. No, of course no, 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 not. No, no, even no. close. Of course not. You don't need that. You don't need that defense. You just need a defense. That's but you, but, but exactly. you, got, but he's playing for the games like fourteen to nine that year. Okay, okay, we've lost this. We've completely lost. Yeah, I mean, I'm not getting my chances. Let's go ahead. They we're right. Up Larry, Larry, I, want you to, I want you to lay the bet in Vegas, the, the Panthers. And if, if, if you print that receipt out and show it to me, then I'll give you credit for it. But otherwise, it's just a. Ryan, if the Panthers hey, make the around. playoffs, you'd run down your street completely naked. No, no, no. You lay your money on the line on that. So Larry's going to bet money the Panthers are going to make the playoffs, and if they do, Ryan's going to run down his street naked. Okay, I'm not running nowhere. He's going to make money if they make the playoffs. That's I the way. Right. <laughs> Last minute of the show, I'm going to go around real quick. Just give me the team name. Uh, Larry, who's the surprise team? Well, you might have already said it. Who's your surprise NFL team is going to make the playoffs? I just told you who's who my good. surprise team is. Ryan, who's your surprise team for this year? For the playoffs? Is that what we said? Yeah. yeah. And don't pick a playoff team. <laughs> no, I mean, you can't pick a playoff team. I, 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 you don't have to give an explanation. Just who's, who's it going to be? Saints. Oh, my God. Kev, who's your, uh, who's your surprise NFL team? Chargers. I like that pick. Yeah. JP. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I've got the Chargers that make the playoffs. Yeah, you got JP. Oh, wait, he's muted. I'm sorry. Oh, you muted yourself, J- JP. You muted yourself. We can't even hear your answer. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Wow. I don't hate that bit. And I'm you're laughing at me about the Panthers? <laughs> no, no, I'm, no. Go I'm laughing at you about Ryan running naked. I'm going to go oh, okay. with the Cleveland you. Browns. Gonna, I'm going with the Cleveland that. Browns. I think for they have too much talent. I think they, they, they're going to finally figure this out. I have no idea who's going to be the quarterback. So we're at the that's, end that's of the show. Say, how long is the show? Yeah, see, what's this <laughs> Maybe they just run all cat like the whole year, like the Miami did that one year. Maybe they just do it that way. We are out of time. We're up against it. This always goes really, really fast. Stick around on uh, Tobacco Road for the rest of the day. Actually, uh, these guys, franchise players, will be up here in just a bit at 2.30 uh, p.m., followed by a repeat of Box to oh, Excuse me. Box to Row is next at 12.30. Franchise players is at uh, 1.30. And then Sportwire uh, Radio Live at uh, 2.30 later on this afternoon. So we got you covered with your sports. We'll see you next week. Love you, Ryan. <laughs>